is Circuitous Conversations with Bill and Dan, episode 35. 35. For May 5th? May 4th. It, no, f- May 4th. All right, May tomorrow, the 4th. May the 4th be with you. Oh, God, Star Wars Day, ah, right. Ah. God, it's such a bad joke. It is bad. Or it's just a bad pun. Yep. Uh, I'm Bill Wadman. I'm Dan Gottesman. And uh, I'm sick. He's sick. I'm uh, I'm getting I'm almost sick. I was sick and I'm not yeah. as sick, but I'm also a little sick. It's uh <clears throat> you know, I I was out in California for the past week. Yep. Los Angeles, and, right? Uh flew into Los Angeles, went to Palm Desert, uh which is next to Palm Springs, which is kind of like uh, Palm Springs got full, so they spread out into what's called Palm Desert. Huh. Uh, stayed at a really fancy Marriott resort out there. Nice. Yeah, four pools. Only four? O- only four. Huh. And uh, went down, and I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about that. And then eventually went to San Diego. Yeah. And then for the night, and then went up to L.A. for three days. Wow. Sounds like um, a lot of running around. Did you guys rent a car? Yep, rented a car, drove out from LAX to Palm Desert That where, right when we landed. Right. Stopped for In-N-Out Burger on the way. Nice. That, that was your first time, right? No, no, no. Oh. For In-N-Out Burger? I no. Know, I, someone, someone tweeted their first time. I, I, I'm I, a fan. I'm a fan, too. I like their stuff. In-N-Out Burger is crazy tasty. It's quite good. Yeah, I think I went three or four, three times. Wow. Yeah, over the course of the week. Good for you. So, so here's the thing. Yeah. I was still doing my little daily thing. Yep. So I brought a camera. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, I we got to Palm Desert, and I took this weird nighttime picture out on the out on the golf course that was behind our place. Yeah, I think I remember that one. Yeah, that was fine. Um, but the next day, I went to a place called the Salton Sea. Uh huh. Now, the weird thing about the Salton Sea is it's this giant, like thirty mile long lake in Southern California that was made when some dam broke or the Colorado River backed up into this depression because it's like 200 feet below sea level there. Huh. And in the 50s and 60s, apparently, they tried to turn it into like a big resort spot. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, what happened was uh, salinity and um, runoff from, uh, what's it called, Um, farms and whatnot. Mm Mm-hmm started uh filling this place up right so it like it got nastier and more uh, s- the salinity went up it became like kind of the salt think of it the great salt lake plus pollution okay sounds is awesome. what this thing is now it, it's 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 a pit it's like literally you know uh the the sand on the shore isn't actually sand it's actually crushed uh fish bones <clears throat> oh bones even cool yeah no it's it's really kind of it's crazy so about halfway down the eastern side is a place called um, Bombay Beach, uh-huh. which is 10 blocks by 10 blocks, and a block is, say, 50 by 50 feet uh-huh. uh, with motorhomes, essentially, on it. Oh, and, like this, little shanty okay. hound. You've seen uh, – you saw my picture. Obviously. I did. Okay, so now I, now I have a vague visual of what you're talking yeah. about. And, in fact, if you go on – we'll have to put this in the show notes. Let uh-huh. me actually pull up a thing. If you go on uh, – uh, uh, if you go on Google Maps, you can uh, actually see uh, this town because it's like the only thing for miles around. Huh. Yeah, it's it's kind of nuts. And uh, so you go there, and, and what happened was in the 1970s, the lake level went up for some reason, I don't know, a storm or something. And it it kind of took over about three blocks of the town. Wow. So it's just like flooded the whole thing kind of thing. Yeah, but what it left in its wake was this like salt. It's sort of, you ever go out to like a, a salt flat or a dried lake bed? That Been kind of thing? the Dead Sea. Yeah, okay. Probably the same thing. Yeah, yeah. like uh, Death Valley is the same way and uh-huh. like where they land at the, the space shuttle in the beginning out at Edwards. True. Um, so what's left is like this sort of crackled s- salty sand, right? Uh-huh. Well, it, it came in. And flooded these places and left them so that these motorhomes and whatever else was there are sunk in like two or three feet of this stuff. Cool. And they left them there. Sweet. So they're like just kind of degrading naturally over time. Like uh, derelict motor, uh, uh, what's trailer park basically. Yes, is is essentially that, yeah. So it's like just completely freaky. But this is also one of these places 
where like you know there, there were other there were two other photographers there when i was there that's like the kind of place it is right got it uh so uh, but there's like all these local people who were just like who the hell are all you people <laughs> driving around on like quads with like you oh, know yeah. flags on the back and i mean like hardcore you know it's a little shady okay <clears throat> and it's so far down so close to the mexican border that i actually stopped to get gas somewhere because i was like man like if my car breaks down or i run out of gas rather yeah i'm in trouble because it's 100 degrees out you're in the middle of the desert right that's know? not a place you want to be stuck right so i stopped to get gas at this like little town that i had to go over train tracks off the road to get to it's like uh-huh. that kind of place okay you know? and i backed my car in because that was the only slot open everyone is speaking spanish including the people in the store like i was like man am i in mexico <laughs> like it like it like it really felt like i was in mexico you know uh-huh. in fact <coughs> i almost uh considered ordering my gas in spanish you know uh-huh but uh anyway it was just kind of it just was really really weird but going from that which is probably about as poor as it gets in the united states more than detroit <clears throat> yeah it was pretty bad like it was it was you know i i i don't know if we have any listeners near the salton sea but like where i was was pretty rough uh-huh and uh and then driving back an hour and a half to the jw marriott resort right with its four pools right was just trippy. Yeah, it's kind of a, a big shift, huh? Oh man, it was so weird because I was like, "Wow, these people have nothing," and then at this place, I can have anything. Yeah. I just have to ask for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Um, and then one one cool thing, my uh, I w- went to the pool one day, came back up, tried to get in my room, and the key was like beep red. And I'm like, "Oh great, my key got deleted or whatever." Uh huh. So I go down to the front desk and I'm like, "Oh, my key's busted." But the fu- the the place was in Heather's name. Uh-huh. And apparently she gave them my name, but apparently it wasn't on file or whatever it is. So they were like, we can't let you in the room. We don't know who the hell you are. Right. Whoops. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, God. And she was at her conference all day. So you were so just stuck like, outside in your in your towel, in your shorts? <laughs> essentially, yeah. yeah. And, and I'm like, okay, well, what do you want me to do? And they're like, well, we'll send a security guy up. And then, like, if you can, you know, basically they wanted me to say this stuff is mine and it's in the room and then I can go in and I can show you that it's mine. Right. So I meet the guy. He's all suspicious. He's looking at my ID and he's signing what, you know, writes it down and whatever it is. And then he's like, so there's stuff in your, I was like, yeah, there's a laptop. I can show you my names on the laptop, whatever. And, uh, he's like, all right. So he pulls out his master key to the whole joint, sticks it in the lock, pulls it out. Red light. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So in the end, it wasn't my key at all. It was that the lock was busted. Oh, funny. So they had to like bring up like a reprogramming kit you know like basically like they do in terminator you know where they stick the card in the slot and then there's a computer that goes right 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 uh and uh and so he he let me in whatever it is and then i showed him that i actually was who i was and but then the guy like proceeded to talk to me for like 45 minutes like he's now he's like now my best friend this guy wow um anyway so that was palm desert then we go to across the mountains over to san diego and uh i shot gina trapani Oh, right, from Lifehacker. Yeah, who started Lifehacker, and uh, she's on This Week in Google. And, uh, man, what a sweetheart. We're, I didn't see the picture for that. You didn't post that one. I haven't posted it because I shot somebody else that day because I wanted to take my time and do it for real. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the, In fact, I, I just finished them before we started talking, so I'm going to post them on the blog in a little while. Nice. Um, but uh, she met me uh, over near her house. is right near the beach, and uh, there's a cliff and people go uh, uh, hang gliding. Oh, right on. It's a hang glider port or whatever. Sure. Glider port. Yeah, yeah, nice. So, Dan, I'm standing there. Heather and I are standing there. We're waiting for the for the guy to show up, or for uh, uh, Gina to show up. Right. And this guy has a black lab. A dog. In, yeah, in a sling. Okay. He, he carabiners the dog into his hang glider, and as he jumps off the cliff... The dog jumped on his back. What? That doesn't sound very safe. And rode around. We watched him fly around with his owner, standing on the owner's back. Like, you know how, like, dogs do when they don't have a lot of room? They just kind of keep moving their feet. Yeah, that doesn't sound very safe at all. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's what he did. (laughs) And I was like, and then apparently he landed, and the dog was, like, wagging its tail. It was, like, all, it was all into it. Wow. And I was like, man, that is such a trippy little thing. Did you take a picture? Uh, well, I, all I had were really wide lenses, so it didn't really do me much good. Huh. 
but uh, but the it was just it was just really kind of a cool. It just it was one of those wow, California is a different place. <laughs> I don't kind know. You moments. see people here pushing dogs around in you know granny carts. That's true, that, and no, they get strollers true. for them, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, so so we went to so we shot Gina at the at the beach, and then we went over to this place called the Sock Institute. You know, uh, Jonas Sock. Sure. Uh, the uh, vaccination the scientist. Guy. Yeah. Yep. So <clears throat> there's the Sock Institute there, which is this crazy uh, uh, concrete sort of complex with these like wooden exterior parts and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's this crazy architectural thing. We shot some stuff there. Uh, we stayed with friends. We went to L.A. the next day, and we stayed downtown in L.A., which is really weird. Um, lot so many homeless people in L.A. Yeah, oh, I think that's. Like, I think there's a lot of home pe- homeless people in like California in general. I think there's yeah. a really large population. Um, and and a lot of the ones in downtown really uh, either mental or drug problems. Yeah, because okay, Heather and I, it was like these people were like zombies. Like they were everywhere. Like a, they were outnumbered people who worked. You know, weird. Yeah, it was. It was kind of. It was kind of really odd. Um, and then we went to the uh, La Brea Tar Pits. Oh yeah. Which was actually pretty cool too, which I never got to go to. So that was fun. And then I saw my friend Gina. Uh, I saw Gina. Uh, I saw Chelsea Sexton, who uh, was in Who Killed the Electric Car. You ever see that movie? I haven't seen it, but I heard about it. I heard there's you a should, new one coming out too. There is a new one, and she's a producer of the new one. Cool. Uh, so uh, she came over and picked me up, and we drove around and went to this garden, and and uh, it was nice seeing her again. Oh yeah, you shot. The, I saw the picture. Yeah. So she's a total sweetheart. So we had a really good time, and uh, yeah, so I flew back last night, but I got sick on the last night. I think I got some kind of strep throat or something. Woke up with, you know how sometimes you wake up and it's like, you can't even swallow it hurts so much? Yeah. It was like that. I was like, this sucks, because I'm in LA and not anywhere I can get drugs. Huh. But uh, but yeah, anyway, it was a good trip all in all, just as a recap for the last week travel thing. Cool. What did I miss on your end? On my end, let's see. Um, well, not too much. I'm, I'm now. I'm sort of ramping, slowly but surely, ramping out of my uh, staycation. Uh, you know, transitional period of stopping. You know, stopping from the transition from working nine to five. You know, every day. Sure. To uh, to doing my own thing. And uh, let's see. Well, I, like I said, I, I actually got a little sick myself over the weekend, and I'm just kind of getting over it now. Um, Did you send it to me across the country? I don't think so. I think mine mine is more weather related. It's gotten really nice out recently, like yeah. pretty, pretty quickly. And I think I, uh, I'm, I'm sure a lot of other people are like this too, but I think I'm particularly susceptible to getting sick when there are heavier, more drastic changes in the weather. Um, yeah. So, like, when it gets from really nice to really cold or from really cold to really nice, then I'm more sure. inclined to, to, you know, get, like, a little sore throat or a sniffle or two or something like that. So, I think that's what's happening to me. Could be allergies, too. <clears throat> well, that's what I think it is. Yeah. Um, but it's not the end of the world. I, I was actually just thinking about it, and uh, this is the first time I've, I've come close to being really, quote-unquote, sick um, since I moved, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, which is since December. It's always weird being sick in a new place. Yeah, I like guess for the first time. Yeah, you know the other thing is weird is I'm 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 starting to get to know my you know the 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 I guess the the rhythm or the the routine of my my apartment building during mm-hmm. during the day because you you know um, especially now um, since I'm here a lot during the day uh, I'm, I'm hearing stuff and seeing stuff and what have you that I would normally I would I was missing out on when I was working from nine to five. Sure. So, uh, it's cool. But, uh, no, I had, uh, let's see, I had a good, uh, good meeting with a friend of mine, um, that I've been looking forward to with, good. uh, the prospects of, uh, of additional work working as a, as a, as a full fledged digital tech, which is exciting. Yeah. Something I've been, uh, shooting for, for quite a while. And last night, I guess yesterday afternoon, I had a really nice meeting with this, Really talented photographer, this guy named uh, Mario Godlowski. Okay. Uh, and he is a very high-end product photographer, and he does some really cool stuff, man. Um, I've seen a you know a handful of his of his uh, shots, you know, on his not his website, but he's represented by uh, uh, a company called Streeters. Sure. Uh, so if you go look him up on that, 
website. You know, they have a you know couple dozen of his uh, shots, like a little portfolio put together. But but what he's been getting into lately, which isn't posted anywhere yet, um, is motion stuff, like animation stuff. And he has he's gotten really into custom programming, tweaking, uh, building. Uh, robotic arms and assemblies to animate the camera lights and the thing that he's shooting. So like he can do this really cool stuff where, you know, the thing is rotating, he's rotating the camera and then the lights are also moving kind of in the background. Sure. Um, really neat, slick stuff. And I mean, like one of the things he showed me, I swear to God, I mean, it looked like it was CG. I mean, it was so clean and so sharp that I, I you know, I, I would have easily guessed that it was rendered on, entirely on a computer now is he shooting <clears throat> is he shooting frames or is he shooting video both he has the capacity to do both um is so, he retouching each frame i don't i we didn't really get into the the process too too yeah d- uh deeply but uh uh i don't know I, I can only imagine he is uh on some level um because some of the stuff is really really clean almost too clean yeah well yeah. like i said i mean it looks it looks almost fake yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, this is this is a guy that I'm hoping to uh, start working with in the future. It's exciting. Yeah, I'm really kind of psyched about it because that's 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 like taking the whole you know product thing, still life thing, to a really extreme degree, which yeah, which really speaks to me. So it's exciting. Something yeah, new. I'm pretty jazzed. So we'll yeah. s- we'll see uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, it was a good meeting. Uh, he seemed to like me, but you never know. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, sure. So. Uh, Fingers crossed. We, people like that could be a little crazy, too. I, I suppose. I mean, I'm a little crazy. Yeah, I guess so. Um, and the other interesting news, which is completely on a completely different note, um, uh, one of the bands that I uh, I play in, a group called The Missing Teens uh, from Queens, New York, <clears throat> uh, we, we, we put together... The guy, the guy who runs the band is this very interesting fellow named James, and he wrote and produced this I'm going to call it a rock opera for lack of a better term okay. it's essentially a, it's essentially a series of of songs which have sort of been strung together uh with little you know skit like talky bits in between um he 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 came up with this this concept he's he's calling it the power of the crystals Oh yes, I forgot about that yep yeah we, we and we put it together as a performance uh over the summer uh at the end of the summer and it's basically the best way I can explain it is he, he sort of he, he kind of treats it like a like a, a motivational self help sort of seminar you know okay. where you know people come in to you know to learn and embrace the power of the crystals and you know and so he starts you know he, he's he's the the speaker and uh, he he's he has this whole philosophy this whole theory with examples and steps and 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 funny names and, and it's refer- all tongue in cheek. I'm assuming. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty good. Um, and he has a whole, you know, he's a PowerPoint presentation to go with it with a b- bunch of slides. Um, <laughs> and you know, the bands on stage, I, I would liken it. I, I've been told by other people, um, that it is kind of similar to what a Frank Zappa show might've been like, but, but nowhere near as like intense or crazy. Sure. Uh, Cause obviously those guys were like, you know, top, top, yeah. huge masters yeah. of the craft kind of thing. We're, right. we're, we're just a bunch of, you know, uh, you know, hacks. Yeah. But he, anyway, he had Steve Vai. Yeah, it's true. And, and other fellows. Um, so, uh, James put together this nice little press package and submitted, uh, the power of the crystals as a theatrical performance to the fringe festival. Okay. Uh, the fringe festival, for those who don't know, is this, I think it's nationwide, but I'm pretty sure it started here in New York. Um, independent theater, um, festival where, you know, small, up, you know, up and coming um, plays, uh, and I guess musicals too, uh, can be submitted. And then I don't know how many they actually wind up accepting. I think it's well over a hundred, though. It's it's a big deal. There's a bunch of bunch of it going. You know, there's a it goes for, on for I want to say like the whole month of August. Uh, and there's you know different small theaters all over town, and uh, and it's it's kind of neat. So we, we we submitted it like months ago, and we just found out that the Power of the Crystals has been accepted into the fringe festival. And so we will be performing it, uh, at a proper, you know, in a proper theatrical environment of some sort, uh, come August, which, which is kind of exciting. 
That is exciting. Yeah, and I want to. Well, well, we'll have to keep everyone in the loop and send <laughs> yeah. some people over there. If it's yeah, if you guys are into it, uh, it's it's definitely not for everyone. I'll tell you that right off the bat. <laughs> well, you, you've had an eclectic week as well, then. Yeah, I guess so. Hey, you know, one thing I've learned on this trip. What's that? Um, if if you have enough light, the iPhone four camera is pretty damn good. I told you. Yeah. In fact, I shot two of my pictures last week with it. I could tell. Which is actually not bad. I yeah. I I don't. Uh, you know, it 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 removes the need to carry a little compact thing. Yeah, I, it's funny. I, so I just had this conversation with my mother. Uh, she just returned from uh, a long trip abroad, and unfortunately, her cell phone, which she hadn't been using, because you know she she doesn't have she had a, just like an, uh, a Verizon flip phone feature phone thing. So right. it's not like she could just drop a SIM card in there and, and use it. Um, so she just left her phone un- unplugged for the whole time she was traveling. And uh, unfortunately, it, it died. You know, it was at the end of its life and sure. this and that. So we got into this whole conversation about, you know, what she should do for her next phone. And I basically explained to her how the iPhone uh, was was the next the next step that she should take. Um and she she was a little apprehensive at first, but then I when I explained to her that it's essentially the exact same thing as the iPad that she's been using for the past year, with just the simple addition of a phone application, she yeah. uh, she seemed to get it, and I thought that was kind of fun. And then you know, and then and I got you can this, fit it in your pocket exactly. Um, the thing, I, and then you know, then I got into this whole explanation about how because I was sort of just realizing this for myself, how um, within the, within the matter within a matter of about a year, um, what the iPhone came out in. I want to say 06, 07 ish. Yeah, um, 07. And then, and then within within another year or so, once once they opened it up to apps and stuff like that, and the the three yep. G S had a nice camera on it, um, I realized that I went you know from carrying around three or four different little boxes between my iPod, a, a camera, a phone, um, and a video game. I used to carry around a Nintendo uh, DS, and now the the, the phone yeah. is the only thing I carry around because I play games on it. It's my primary gaming platform. Sure. Uh, I use the camera all the time. Uh, the, obviously, there's the iPod and uh, and the phone, and it's it's pretty amazing that they were able to do that so, you know, so well. You know, yeah. These, I mean, these modern smartphones. You know, it was funny because uh, just until recently, I was using a Droid, and I'll tell you one thing I really missed on the trip. Uh, the Android phones have Google Navigation built in. Yeah, actually, I just read, read something about that. Someone was talking about the whole turn, which by is turn really thing. really good. Yeah. And, and it's free. Yeah, and it's kind of like oh, so we were traveling and and. You know, Heather, my partner, is is a complete doll, and she's fantastic. But she's not very good with the whole direction map thing. Sure. So when you're driving in LA, you really can't look down at your phone because you're going to slam into somebody. Right. Um. So you know, there were a few moments where it was like, God, I wish I had my droid still. Yeah. But uh, but the but the camera thing was was pretty cool, and I used it for a few shots. I mean, it's not going to replace a real camera. No, 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 no. But. But it was pretty cool. In fact, uh, today's shot I just put up the trophies on the street. I shot with it too. Oh, cool! Um, yeah, it was it was uh, it was a lot of fun. But uh, I tell you, man, like the uh, the fact that you can carry all this stuff around in your pocket is pretty damn cool. Oh, hey, speaking of iPhone four stuff, yeah, I was in uh, uh, my friend Jonathan, who was in Japan until recently, um, is a big Apple nut, and. Uh, I was my case. I got was one of these spec cases. Yeah, yeah. I used to have one of those. Right, which iPod. is good. The only thing about it is that it's kind of chunky. Yeah, they're really bulky. Yeah, I mean, it, apparently it's very protective, but like it's it drives me nuts that it's such a pretty phone underneath, but it's so chunky looking. Yeah. So Jonathan had a case from this company called Default Case. Mm, don't know them. Okay, I will put it in the show notes. Mm. It's basically sort of like this plastic cage that goes around your phone mm-hmm. with holes all in it mm-hmm. sort of like a like a grid sort of you know yeah um and it just wraps around the phone it's not that much bigger and they're five dollars a piece sweet that's how much my case cost yeah. on ebay from china <laughs> yeah well okay so yeah so apparently like you can get these a lot of these things kind of cheap so he got uh, so apparently they they crack in the corners every once in a while the cases. So you just get got a couple of them, right? Yeah. So I he he's just like I just ordered five of them and then that'll <laughs> last me for the next you know whatever. Yeah. Um. So I just uh, I ordered a few this morning and I'll I'll report how they are when we get home. But I, nice when they come. But uh, you know it's just one of those things that you just you have such a sleek phone you want it to look sleek you know. I I agree, man. I agree. 
And it kind of, you know, it's it's kind of a funny irony that, you, that Apple makes these objects that are really pretty, and yet kind of fragile. You know, wow. like in, it, like they're making this thing that almost needs a case. I guess so. I mean, I, I you know, it's I like think, why not make it a little bit stronger <coughs> well, to begin I think with? They made a nice a nice um, progression forward with the iPad too. Um, I think the way that they 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 realize that you know people want to put that thing in cases, so they yeah. basically made the case thing pretty pretty nice. I mean, that way you know you're, it's 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 really lightweight, so yeah. it doesn't add a ton of bulk to the thing. It 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 does provide you know pr- protection to the most vulnerable you know component of the unit which is the screen yeah and um you know and and you know and it's intelligently designed with the magnets and all that stuff it's a really yeah yeah it's a really nice it's it, it, it's it's a slick thing you know it, it's funny the other thing i learned is that my laptop is sort of getting old which one your 13 inch yeah well yeah it's almost three years old man yeah it's a it's you know it's yeah two and a half years old almost three years old yeah it's um but it's funny it's like i mean the new ones are a lot faster but not like I mean, this is a 2.4 gigahertz Core 2 Duo. You're I mean, saying that an i7 is not a lot faster, bro? Well, it is, but it's not going to be twice as fast. It'll be 50% faster. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, you put an uh, SSD in there, and that's going to be well, a that's pretty the, smoking yeah, little machine. The thing is that I rarely, if ever, use my laptop. You know, the, the, the times that I actually need to take my laptop on a trip, like I did this time, yeah. uh, are once a year, twice a year. So it's like I can't justify spending $2,000 on a laptop. Okay. You know, well, you but, can always uh, get a used one. <clears throat> Well, yeah, yeah, my but my point is is that the it's just funny putting on um, raw files on a laptop, man. Yeah, Whew. it sucks. And then trying to open them, like even converting to DNG or even just like rendering raw files, man, it takes a long time. Yeah, it's you true. get so spoiled by a fast desktop. It's the truth, man. It's the truth. And it just kills me. It makes me think, man, there's people out there who actually shoot. And use a laptop as their main computer, and this is their experience. Yeah, well, imagine, dude. Imagine doing with freaking Capture One in a Phase One back with like you know forty-five megabyte RAW files. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 basically like using a, a medium format back on my desktop, which was isn't terrible, but isn't great. You know, it's kind of like that kind of thing. You know, it's true. Uh, Jonathan's father, um, my friend with the, the iPhone case, um, is a bit of a photo nerd, and he, uh, but he hasn't. He has an old. I think it's probably like a Digital Rebel or a, a 1DS or some some kind of... I think maybe a 1D. I think they made a 5 megapixel 1D, the original or something. That sounds Anyway, he's right. got some old sort of single-digit Canon camera. And uh, and I was just like, man, he's just like, I don't... You know, Photoshop's too much for me, the whole layers and the tools and the whole thing. Yeah. And I said, are you shooting raw? And he's like, no, I shoot JPEG. And I was like, here's what you need to do. You need to go buy Lightroom or Aperture, mm-hmm. you know, or download Lightroom for 30 days and try it um, and shoot raw. It's funny. It, it's much closer to film and developing. Yeah. If, if you're not doing a lot of, like, specific localized edits, if you're just, you know, doing general global stuff. Yeah. It's just like working in a dark room. No, exactly. I mean, it's funny. The Europeans even call it developing. Like that's you know when I was working at Detouch with the you know we had all these foreigner you know foreign guys and they translate it. They don't call it processing raw files. They call it developing raw files. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And I just it's it's it was interesting talking to somebody who has interest in it. And now it's to the point where if you have a relatively fast computer, even even his old camera, his you know six megapixel, eight megapixel, whatever it is, still takes a hell of a picture. I'm sure. Fine if he's just printing eight by ten or eleven by fourteen, you yeah, know, yeah, totally. And he dude. just wants to mess around. Uh, but it's funny. I said to Jonathan, I said, you know, for Christmas, you could buy your father a because he's got a bunch of Canon glass, like a a T three I or whatever the hell the new yeah. Rebels are. Yeah, yeah. For eight six hundred bucks, eight hundred bucks, whatever the hell they are, nine hundred dollars. Uh huh. Eighteen megapixels. Yeah. You know, would blow his mind. <laughs> like image quality compared no, to you know compared to his old one. It's true. I, I actually, that's the other thing is I, I've been doing lately is um, getting out on my bike and I've been bringing my camera with me okay. um, and I've, you know, been packing and, and just to sort of <clears throat> to uh, speak to our last episode. Um, I used the little, I'm using a, my smaller crumpler bucket and I just stick it in a backpack. So yeah. I basically just have my, you know, my D3 and I've actually been enjoying um, flipping between the 35 1.8 DX lens that I got long ago, you know, when it first came out. Yeah. Just because I just, there's something about that lens. I just really like it. It's nice and sharp. It's nice and light. 
And Can't go wrong with 35. Yeah, well, the only thing that sucks is since it's a DX lens, it does have that um, vignetting issue. But okay, it's, so it's, it's designed for the crop sensor. It is, but it's also really subtle. So if you shoot it wide open, you, don't, you, you can barely tell. Um, yeah. and, but if you just start cranking it down to like f8 or whatever, then you start to see some 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 uh, heavier sharper. Yeah, but you could use it artistically. It. Yeah, which is what I was doing. Which is what I was doing. And then the other lens that I uh, I pulled out is my dad's old favorite um, from like I want to say it's a sixty nine or seventy uh, Nikon one hundred five two five. Which is just a really nice. Like, is that that macro lens? It's not the macro. Um, they do make now like the. If, I think actually the only lens that you can get from Nikon at one. It, that's that's at one hundred five. Is their is their two eight uh, macro, which is a hell of a lens. It's a great lens. Right. Um, but this is old. <clears throat> this is one of those nice old classic looking you know <clears throat> Vietnam era black and silver um, lenses, and uh, it just oh, it just feels so good to to <laughs> use it, and it's 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 still really nice and sharp. Has really nice uh, you know shallow depth of field if you want it when you shoot it wide open um and uh it felt really good and i kind of like the combo like the you know the 35 versus 105 i think that's a nice it's a nice pair uh, to walk around with um and i you know i I snapped a couple of things i actually posted them on my Flickr page so you can check those out if you want to um but it's i'm the point is i'm just trying to uh trying to get get out more with the camera and just shoot stuff again you know, it's funny you should say that because uh, while I was in L.A., I met up with some photographers and went on my first ever photo walk. Oh, really? Like an is organized that, photo walk? With is, the- is the O really towards me going on a photo walk or it being my first time? Um, I, I I guess it was the, the first thing, the, the, okay. the former. Um, uh, yeah, because, you know, I, I, a few months ago I got interviewed – a podcast for this uh, website fadedandblurred.com. Oh right, right. I think you Yeah. So about that. uh the guy Jeffrey who runs that place um was just like, "Well, look, if you're going to be out here, we should meet up." And I said, "Well, if I'm going to be out there, why don't we try to put together some people and do a little walk?" Cuz I've, you know, cuz it was, you know, partly his and partly my idea. So he got together uh, uh I think there were like six or seven of us. Mhm. Um and we met up downtown, walked around past the Disney place, which is what the picture is of that day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I took some portraits and whatever. And there's this one guy um, named uh, Iberian X, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he runs Iberian X Perello, his name is. He he does a podcast called The Candid Frame, mm. which, uh, which is pretty great. And he's interviewed like crazy. I mean, he's interviewed Jay Maisel. He's interviewed like all kinds of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like this, like kind of middle-aged <coughs> black guy's total sweetheart. Mm. Um, so anyway, what was funny about it was that he was walking around with a seven D, I think it was, uh-huh. with a seventy to two hundred on it. Okay, that's a big, that's a big lens. Yeah, and and that's what he chose for the photo walk. Where I was walking around with, I don't know, thirty-five prime or something. Sure. Uh, and it's just really funny how you choose different things. You know, I mean. Because that is a crop sensor, right? So he's working at uh, one twenty to three hundred ish. Yeah, to three hundred. Yeah, I mean, to me, that's like I don't even own lenses that long. Yeah, you know, my my longest lens goes to eighty five. You know? Right. Uh, and it was just it was just kind of funny, completely different thing. He took a portrait of me, which I think I'm using as my Facebook picture now. Mm. Um, and the crazy thing <clears> about <throat> it is that he, I mean, he was twenty feet back from me. You know, when yeah, he took of course. It. Yeah, and, and that's like the classic. For me, as a as a photographer, even though it flattens the perspective and it gives you that look and whatever, to me, it's like if if I'm 20 feet away from my subject, I feel like there's something in between, you know? Yeah, 20 uh, feet. Yeah, exactly. Well, you don't understand what I'm saying. Yeah, you, I know. You know in a more metaphorical sense. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, and it, but it was just interesting walking around with these guys and uh, and meeting them. We went up to the top of this place called The Standard, which is this, I don't know, hotel downtown. Yeah, I think I've heard and, of it. Yeah, and on the roof, they've got this bar. And literally, it felt like a scene out of Entourage. <laughs> like it was all like all these like L.A. hipsters in their like super thin V-neck T-shirts from American Apparel. Uh-huh. You know, like right. way too tight. You know, like that kind of look. I think so. Yeah, and it was. It, and there's like a pool up there, and like people like lying on water beds and drinking fancy drinks. And I was like, where the hell am I? Like this is like. <laughs> <laughs> it was just really so funny to like. It, it was so un New York, you know. Wow. It's just a completely different vibe. 
uh, it was just it was just fascinating. But anyway, photo walk. It was really fun and meeting all these guys. And uh, I don't know the whole photo walk thing. I, I was never into it because I don't really like walking around and just taking random pictures. But I did. You know, and it was it was a good time. I think uh, Jeffrey's going to put some po- pictures up of that everyone took. So I think I'm going to uh, I'll put those up in the show notes too. Cool. Yeah. You you have you done the photo walk thing? Not nothing like like the organized thing. My dad and I used to do that all the time. Like that was what we went out shooting. You know, like we'd go out to some botanical gardens, or we'd go out to a museum, or on a on a um, you know just on to, in the city. We'd walk across a bridge or whatever. Sure. Uh, when I was a kid, yeah. um, and then I—I I guess I tried doing it once or twice with a friend or two, um, and it was okay. It was kind of fun, but I, you know, I—I I don't know, man. I—I kind of—it's a huge thing, though, right? Yeah, I guess so. I—I don't—I don't. It doesn't. I—I I don't know. I, it doesn't well, speak you know, to me. One point, Jeffrey made though. Afterwards, he sent me an email, and he was saying that uh, to, for him, looking at other people's pictures is one thing. But talking to them, walking around with them, watching them shoot is a different thing. And, you know, it's funny. Even it's true to me, too. Sometimes I'll look at other people's work that I like really blows me away and it'll it'll be kind of daunting and, 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 and frustrating to me. You know, because I'll look at it and I'll be like, oh, God, I want to do something that cool, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, but, but watching other – if I was watching the person make that, it would probably be really inspiring to me in a way that it isn't if I'm looking just at the final product. I, yeah, I guess it would be – for me, it would really depend on who I was with. Um, like I, I could see, like for example, if you and I wanted to go out for a walk or whatever, that could be fun. Yeah. But but going out with total strangers who who might or might not like respect or or you know n- you know like or get along with you know right that might be that might be different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and there's definitely a big mix of photographers at a lot of these things. I mean, the, the people who were with us were all pretty good. Right. But, you know, I could imagine there being everything from pros to, uh, you know, super amateurs, too. Yeah. But it was I, just, it's, it's, it's another one of those things that, like, the internet has allowed, sort of the whole meetup.com. No, sure, thing. sure. Yeah, I um, don't know, man. I've, I, if, if left to my own devices, I would, pro- I would almost always skip that, I think. Because it's, you like shooting alone or because it... Um, more, more just because I, I, I don't have uh, faith in... in Liking all of the people, <laughs> yeah. I know it sounds sort of, sort of okay. selfish and, and crass, uh, but no. I, I guess uh, for me, here, let me let me let me put it in a, a better light. Uh, I like for when I'm when I'm out shooting just for for the sake of shooting, just walking around and seeing stuff. Um, I, I feel like I don't um, I don't want to have the in, in, inhibition the 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 feeling that a someone is constantly looking over my shoulder and, and watching what I'm doing. Sure. B. Someone might see the same thing I'm doing and might do it better or differently, or 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 in one case worse than me. It's like, oh man, I wish I had seen that because I would have done it, you know, this way. Almost um, like stealing it from you, kinda, or 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 me, or vice versa. It's like I don't want, or it's like, oh, I'm not going to do that now because that guy saw that. You know, it's like I'm I'm not going to bother with that because what's the point? Someone else is doing it. Sure. Um, and yeah. then and then and then there's the whole you know um, pressure thing that you know there's this general pressure to perform. It's like, oh, well, okay, I, I, you know, here I am around all these people, and I, and, you know, and we're on a photo walk, and I have to take some pictures, yeah, you know, because yeah. I got to tell you, man, I, at least lately, uh, I will leave the house with the camera, and it will never come out of the bag, you know. Yeah. They'll they'll be, I mean, more often than not, actually, um, I, you know, because just I don't if I don't see something and I'm not inspired, I, I don't I don't want to take a picture, you know. Yeah, it's not like you're carrying around a little camera either. No, I know that's just it, you know. Your, your camera's a big chunk. It's true, but you know, but I there is a there's an interesting line though where I will, you know, I will I will, I will whip out my phone for a, wh- a quick little thing here and there, you know. Um, sure. Where I won't won't necessarily whip out the the bigger camera, um, but those that's that's really where I'm coming from. So it's not it really it, it's not that I, I have any contempt for photo walks and, and the people who participate in them. It's more, it's more, it's more me, you know, it's just like, it's just I, not for you. Yeah. I just, if you mix all those things together, I just, it just doesn't, don't get me wrong. I mean, I would, uh, I would be surprised. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if I went out on one and it wasn't as bad as I thought, you know, I, sure. I'd be willing to, to give it a shot, but, um, but it's not something I'm, I'm excited about. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah. I, I mean, I had fun with these guys and it was great meeting people. I had, 
talk to a bunch on Skype and on the net and whatnot. Yeah, um, so you at least had some sort of a rapport right. with these people, or at least some sort of a. a but to me, I think it was a special occasion, right? I, sure. You know, I, it was. It was definitely not the kind of thing that I would be like, "Oh, every I love that. I'm going to go find a group here in New York and go on those things every week." You know. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting culture, though. It's true. No, it's it's funny. One of my friends, um, this guy named Adam. Um, was uh, a pretty big Flickr guy, you know, and Flickr, in a way, sort of. I guess it it, it was definitely one. It's not like this anymore, I think, because it's gotten so big. But in the early days of Flickr, it was way more community oriented, and people would, you know, sure. um, really take the time to, to comment on each other's stuff and, and actively look, you know, see, seek out other cool pictures and stuff. It was really a lot about you know the sharing aspect yeah. and the community aspect, and. Um, and so he, you know, this guy Adam is was big into that stuff, and I don't think he's as prominent or as active on Flickr. But what what, what he has gotten into um, is the Instagram thing, and sure. and I've actually just recently started doing it as well, um, just because it's it's easy. And I, I I felt like again my motivation, you know, my thinking is now that I'm I'm back out on my own, I want to be making more stuff. So one way to, one way to make yeah. more stuff is, is, you know, one motivation is, as you obviously know, is to share it. And I'm, I'm not a big fan of blogging and, you know, going through the whole hassle of, you know, downloading pictures, processing, tagging, filing, posting, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's, it's, there's something really nice and convenient about just being able to pick, take out your phone, take a picture, you know, open up an app, select the picture you just took, you know, write two second, you know, two little words about it, and s- pushing a button or two, and then you're done. And then you know, sure. instantly, boom! Now it's on Instagram, and I can tell it if I wanted, you know, if I wanted to be on Twitter, if I wanted to be on on uh, on Flickr, and then obviously I have my um, Facebook set up. I, I installed that uh, that little RSS scraper thingy that will let you know anytime I post a photo to Flickr, it'll it'll make a, a Facebook post for me. So that's kind of that's kind of nice, and I'm I'm pretty satisfied with that little workflow. That's about as as involved as I'm, as I'm up for getting right now. Yeah, it's you know it's funny. The Jeffrey guy just posted a blog post a couple of days ago called "Have Apps Replaced Creativity?" <laughs> uh, he's probably talking about you know, hip hipstamatic and all that shit. Yeah, I mean, basically yeah. saying, "Do we do we one line? Do we simply shoot random uninteresting crap and slap a filter over it and call it a day?" I do that. I yeah, love that. there's lots of people that do that. I think right? it's tons of fun. Yeah, but it's it's certain. It's definitely a completely. It's almost it almost needs its own little name, you know. It's in, in <laughs> such well in such the way that like they're you know they are apps instead of applications. I feel like photos like that should be called snaps or something. You know what I mean? Sure. Because uh, because it's it's such a different thing than somebody who's taking the time to do it on a higher, more you know technically higher level. You know? I don't know. I guess we could we could we could have an uh, we could argue about that because technically speaking. Um, you know, who's to say that that isn't there isn't an art to that? You know. Yeah, well, I guess the thing is, I mean, is pressing a button on a preset art? Uh, is it? You tell me. Uh, what What do you do? Do with you it? use presets in in Lightroom? No. Or Aperture, or whatever you use. Not, what do you use? Aperture or Lightroom? I use Lightroom. Okay. Do you ever uh, use any of the presets? No. No, I haven't monkeyed with it really. <laughs> I guess I should check it out again. The last time I looked at, none of them really turned me on. See, uh, I always feel guilty using them. Like that's cheating. Nah, it's just. And I feel and I feel the faster. same way in the phone. What's that? I mean, I guess if I made some of the, the yeah. presets, or what if you, that's fine. What if you take one and you tweak it, and then and then you make it yours? But but yeah, even I guess still, so. I just or use it as a starting point. You start with that, and then you tweak it some more, and then it's yours. You know? Yeah, I mean, I just found that now shooting with the phone a little bit. Yeah, I feel better. I don't know. I guess if I if I had something like the the little Photoshop Express where you can change the contrast and that kind of stuff, that's one thing. But like literally pressing a button and saying make it look this way, yeah seems like it's like all right well that's you're not really doing anything but why do you have to do something every time not every time but i think i think that it's it's a different thing than somebody had made those decisions deliberately but that is a decision that you made deliberately you 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 still made the decision to push that button yeah yeah but you didn't i mean that's like telling that's like deliberately saying i'm going to hire somebody to retouch my pictures yeah it is right what's wrong um, with that well, it's fine. I just don't think that, but the, it's not retouching. It's more uh, processing your pictures. I don't know. There, I mean, that there's there are whole industries based around that, man. I mean, that's that's the way the print no, world works. You know, no, you, of, you think of, that of, the, the photographer is the one like who had every every little you know bit of control over the image that ended up on the cover of the magazine? 
no, 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 of, no. of course not. Yeah. But 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 you you don't think that there's a difference between having a professional retoucher retouch a picture versus Instagram squashing a thing and putting like a thing to make it look like a Holga? Well, it, on a certain level, there isn't. You know, on a certain level, you're basically taking an image from one state to another state, and the the, the decision to to do that, the the decision to actually perform that change, comes from the same place. The actual how you do it, be it give it to somebody who who's going to handcraft it or or stick it into a machine and it comes out the other end done. Uh, you know, the fact that you made the decision to do it in the first place is is, is the actual is the decision, right? Maybe I I don't know. There's something about it that doesn't quite gel for me. Okay. And I've seen people who do really cool stuff. Oh, by the way, really mm. cool thing yeah. is that uh, Photosynth app. Yeah. Works great. Yeah, except for the fact that you can't keep them local on your phone. You have to do it with the over the web, right? Use the use, um, you have to use Microsoft's website. I think I actually installed them. Really? I mean, I think I I think I figured out a way. I thought I was looking at them in camera roll. Oh, maybe. maybe. You know, I haven't tried it. Uh, I've been Actually, th- you, you can. You can look at them in camera roll and zoom in and look at them. So uh, my guess is that you could probably pull them off mm. on your computer, mm-hmm. um, which I did today using Lightroom. I actually imported stuff and used the lens correction features in Lightroom. <laughs> oh, yeah? Nice. And it actually worked pretty well. I use an um, app called uh, 360. 360. Okay. Um, that does a similar panorama thing? Well, yeah, which basically lets you sort of paint in you know, use the camera and then, you know, it guides you through painting in your scene. Uh, it does require a little bit of a steady hand and some patience and some practice, but, uh, you know, obviously if there's enough light, um, it works great. Uh, in, in darker scenes, it's a little, it's a little dodgy. Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, you know, I used to be a huge pano, pano guy. I used to love making panoramas, but I haven't done, done one in ages. Maybe I should do that. It you know, it's funny because if you have five megapixels and enough light and you're multiplying the five megapixels. Yeah, dude. Because you're doing five, 10 shots or something. Oh, yeah. That was my thing. Guess- that was my th- if you dig into my older... I have a, Actually, I think I'm sure I have an album somewhere on Flickr uh, with panoramas. Some of my older stuff from a couple years ago was yeah. all done with my, like, you know, my Panas- not Panasonic, the uh, Canon uh, SD630. Yeah, those and little power shots did the yeah, panoramas pretty they well. They were great, man. And then between, between those and, you know, I, I think I was using Photoshop CS3's uh, Photo Stitch, Photosynth. Photo uh, Stitch, I think it was called. I can't remember what the hell it's called. The software that came with it? Yeah, yeah. It's just the, you know, you, 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 it's in the file menu. You do file import, um, automate oh, something. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, Oh, inside of Photoshop. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and it's the, funny, though. In some ways, the old Photoshop, the old Canon software used to be better at that than Photoshop was for a long time. I never tried it. Yeah. Um, um, but, yeah. The, the only problem I have with the little cameras in the iPhone and, and doing that is that even though if you had the pixels, yeah. the pixels look different. It's you know true. What I mean? Well, the sensor's like uh, the size of your pinky thumb. Your right. Pinky I mean, it's the like... same problem I have with the little cameras. Uh, my friend Meg, I think, just sold her G10 because she didn't find herself using it. She's like, you know, it's fine and everything, but, like, it looks so completely not good compared to a digital SLR photo. You it's know? true. It's true. Uh, in such a way that I, I don't think I'd ever print most of the stuff that came off my phone unless it was, like, four by six. You know? Yeah. You know, I was, I was having a conversation with a friend recently about um, upgrading you know he he he's he's what's the word yeah he's been he's been he's he's had this old 5 megapixel canon like literally 5 year old camera which is now physically is just falling apart sure um and we were talking about it and i was telling him how now is a really pretty great time to be in the market for a new camera because the little pocket point and shoots now have you know it used to be if you wanted a really nice one you were looking at a good 500 bucks yeah. But now, now, like two, three hundred bucks will get you a really nice camera. Now, I mean, that's, well, some that, of them are a hundred dollars. Well, some of the low end Canon ones. Yeah, yeah. But I'm talking just, but even even the medium grade ones, like like yeah. two or three hundred bucks now is 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 not a you know you know five years ago you'd laugh at that. And you're like, yeah, whatever. It's going to have a little LCD on the back that's the size of a of a Trisket, yeah. you know, teeny weeny. Now it's um, a three inch LCD and it's yeah yeah twelve and megapixels. Great looking and, lenses and nice low light response yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. So, um, but he's like, yeah, you know, the thing I don't like the you know he he said he, he was if he's going to spend that kind of money he wants to get something a little nicer. And the other thing I got to spend a little bit more time on this, but I would seriously start looking at the whole micro four thirds scene because I kind of dig the whole. Interchangeable lens issue, you know, uh, thing that they have. You know, the whole yep. the fact that there's different manufacturers making, um, you know, different lenses, but with the same mount. Um, yep. And then the, the 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 fact that it is really little. I mean, those some of those bodies are are not much bigger than the older point and shoot yep. cameras. 
If I if I had money and I wanted a travel camera, that's probably what I'd get. Like Claude has one of those little pens, right? I don't know if he does. Uh, is I that what he shot my talk, my Drabble's talk he with? He did, but he was borrowing it from Kent. <laughs> oh, okay. So uh, yeah, the, Kent has it definitely. Okay, so the, one of those little pen cameras that is that's I a, would yeah, definitely an example. think about something like that. Yeah, but the fact that you can get like the little lens that I mean, the, the lens is like a lens cap, man. It's, it's there's it's, a it's little like, Panasonic one that's hot. Yeah, Panasonic like, make one uh, makes yep. one, and um, Sony has one, yep. and Olympus makes one. I mean, I you know I think we should we need to find somebody who knows stuff about the four thirds and bring them in and talk about that. That would be a good a yeah. Good, Little if talk. anybody knows anybody, recommend them to us yeah. so that we can uh, we can talk to. I'd them. I'd like to learn more. I mean, it's like a it's about half the the sensor is about half the size of a thirty five full frame, right? So it's uh, you it's know like a smaller sensor than regular uh, crop. No, I, I don't think. think so. I actually I think that, that you heard about that new Fuji X one hundred, which which has basically an APS C sized sensor in it. I mean, the only downside of that is it's got a fixed lens, um, but that is you know the, the one the one negative um, the one strike I guess against the whole micro four thirds things is is that it is it is still not cheap i mean if you want a you know a lens i'm sorry a body and a lens or two you're still looking at like yeah. 1200 bucks 1500 bucks yeah yeah you're spending a grand which at le- which at least for which you could get you could get a 35 millimeter you know you can get a nice digital slr so you you almost kind of want it for if if you don't have a lot of if you're just traveling with it, yeah, I guess if it, the real the real win would be for for space. Like if you yeah. really have if if space and weight is a really top priority, you you, yep. you can't argue with that because that for for bang for buck quality wise, because um, the one downside to you know the eight hundred dollar SLR that you get that's the bottom of the barrel. I mean that's like you know yep. the the consumer end and and they're not they're not that it's still like four times bigger than a than a than a micro four yeah. thirds camera. Still still crazy good. Image quality, even you know, cheap digital SLR now. No, it's true. I mean, well, I'm, I'm talking about the lens that comes with those. those yeah, kit, no, kit sure. Lenses. The size, the little pancake lens that you can get for the four thirds. Yeah, it's killing. No, yeah. it's true. It's true. I would totally get one of those if if, if I didn't ha- if if I wanted a little rangefindery thing and I didn't want to spend eight grand on a M9. Yeah, that's what I'd get. I think I would do the same. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so you know, what? we're gonna let's figure out a good guest to have next week. Something different. Okay. And uh, and then we can uh, we'll yeah we'll come up with something fun as opposed to what we just did now which was not fun no this was fun I guess <laughs> yeah no this was fun okay. uh, you know you know what this is this is like a little wrap up show it is well you know we talked about what happened the last week that's that true. we haven't it's talked a catch up and, show know. that's true yeah so uh, I'll put some notes together and and we'll go from there sounds good all right uh, thanks for listening and we'll see you next week see you next week bye bye. bye.